agree. I, I think culture is so important. And, uh, you know, if you're not working at building a positive culture, you're still going to have a culture, but it may not be one that you're happy about or, or right. proud of. So right. we, we really work at it and, you know, we're working to build a culture that we're proud of. Welcome to the Hassle-Free RE Podcast, a real estate podcast where we bring you stories, education, and tips for investors and real estate enthusiasts. If you're interested in investing in real estate or just want to keep a pulse on what's happening in the market, then this podcast is for you. Thanks so much for listening and tuning in. If you enjoy our show, please make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hassle-Free RE Podcast. My name is Dave Menapaste, and I am your host. I am welcomed here, I should say, I am joined here by Alan Marks. Alan Marks is the president of Realty Executives Boston West, and if you've listened to any of our previous episodes, you know that I am a uh, realtor here at Realty Executives Boston West. And today, Alan is going to be sharing his journey from uh, before his time as a, as a president of the firm. And we're going to be bringing the listeners all the way up through uh, today in 2023. So I'm really excited to have Alan on the show with us. I have some really fun questions for him. And we're going to just walk through his journey and what the real estate industry has uh, the, the challenges and the successes he's faced just in general in, in the industry. So with that, Alan, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, great to be with you, Dave. Thanks for the invitation. Looking forward to having some fun with you. <laughs> Absolutely. So Alan, why don't we go back in time? We won't say how long, but why don't we go back in time to life before realty executives? Let's talk about what your career was um, prior prior to being in this role, um, and we'll talk about that company, what you did, and we'll kind of just slowly bring people current over the next forty five minutes or so. Great. Well, I'm going to roll you all the way into the wayback machine to <laughs> 1928, oh. and uh, my grandfather bought a Harley Davidson motorcycle. Uh, had a sidecar built, and he was making small package deliveries out of Faneuil Hall in Boston, uh, sometimes competing against horse and wagon for deliveries. But the reason I rolled you that far back is because my dad went into the business with my grandfather, Sam. And then um, I graduated from UMass Amherst and decided to give the family business a try. So we had a three-generation uh, trucking and transportation warehousing business. And through that, through the relationships with my dad and my grandfather, an opportunity came up to start the New England region for a global logistics company. And um, I got that opportunity at a, at a young age. Um, very entrepreneurial. We were moving cargo for companies like Gillette, CVS, Staples, and um, started, you know, just a little 10 by 10 office adjacent to my dad's truck terminal. 
and then, uh, you know, started to build that out. Huh. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. No, that that's amazing. So I didn't realize it went that far back. Last time we had talked about this, it was um, much later. Well, I guess closer to now than 1928. But um, so it was started back then. Then your father joined and, and sounds like he took it over. And then you were the next in line in succession. And then when you took it over, you were really able to sort of, was, was it an expansion or how did that look? Uh, well, the, the family trucking and warehousing business stayed with my dad and I shifted my focus to the global logistics company and uh, built out the New England region. Uh, so we, we were what's called non-asset based. We didn't own uh, trucks, trailers, terminals, airlines, steamships, but we had contracts. So we were almost like a travel agent for cargo. And we would right. put the whole route together and uh, all of the pricing. And eventually we had about a hundred people in our New England office in Southborough. And we had a great culture. Uh, it was based on a lot of professional development and you know how your individual goal feeds into a team goal, which then feeds into the organizational goal. And uh, there were 35 regional offices. So I just was responsible for the New England region. Mm -hmm. But eventually uh, the, the company went public in, uh, in the late 1990s, it went public and they rolled up these 35 individual regions into one public company. Uh, it's done remarkably well, but it wasn't the right fit for me culturally after it went public. Mm -hmm. um, I was uh, really entrepreneurial and believe in empowering people, giving them the responsibility and the authority but also the accountability. Right. Um, so that was like the definition of entrepreneurialism that I used. And um, after the company went public, it went to more of a command and control type of a, of a culture. And so I left there in 2005, you know, after okay. a significant career. Um, and that is the year that we started Realty Executives Boston West. Ah, well, let's let's pause and, and unpack or rewind just a tiny bit. One, you know, one thing that you know I really enjoy about you know being here at Realty Executives Boston West uh, is the culture and it's your leadership style. And what I'd love to learn is. Uh, or have you share with the listeners really um, is so back at the logistics company, uh, the way that you operated and the way that you managed is very much educational support, growth, all the good things you'd want. Where did you learn that management style? Is that something that you kind of created or did you actually get some coaching 
or education around that from a management perspective? Um, around the late 90s, I, I hit what you could call a ceiling of complexity uh, where you know we had 100 people and we had some very significant accounts and I needed to develop my leadership skills in order to effectively lead this effort. And I met with a company called Leadership Dynamics and uh, a really highly respected coach by the name of Paul Brown. And I started doing personal coaching with Paul and then we brought Paul in to work with our, our leadership team. Uh, we would do like uh, a leadership retreat where you go offsite and you know you talk about your goals and where you'd like to take your team, where you know how that would feed into the company goals. And then what has to happen in order for those goals to be accomplished. So Paul became like a mentor, facilitator. And then um, we actually implemented an organizational goals program where everybody in the company, all 100 people, were taking courses like effective communication, um, effective leadership skills, um, you know, effective personal productivity. And typically they would be like a 10 or 12 week course, two hours a week, you know, with, with some homework. And there were people that said, geez, Alan, I don't want to do that. I'm, you know, I'm not interested in doing that. And they sort of self-selected out. Uh, they would leave the company, but the hundred that we retained were buying in and saying, this is, this is exciting. You know, I see right. how I fit into this, this uh, larger entity and how what I do can impact the success of my team and the entire organization. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's really neat. You know, I think that like I've been out of, you know, the, the corporate world now for a little bit of time, not that long, but a little bit. And, um, but certainly, you know, Kim... Uh, Kim is in that space a lot though, too. And it is interesting. I think, especially in today's day and age, uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of pressure on corporate leaders or leaders of teams to continue, you know, there's a lot more attention and a spotlight in that, um, uh, and support to continue sort of that educational learning that you can then bring back or, or continue to empower your team with. And these, you know, just like there's a million different ways to parent and there's a million different books on how to do it these days. That's, you know, what I'm going through with two little kids. Um, you quickly learn, you know, what styles work, what styles don't. And I think that especially now and with access to information and all that sort of stuff with the internet, I, I do think that environment-based sort of supportive leadership styles tend to go a lot further. You know what I mean? And, and I think that especially when you're in, in an industry like real estate, where it's much more, you know, 1099, not W2, 
I think that what keeps somebody there is that environment and that support. You know what I mean? It's it's not like there's a, a whole bunch of benefits, you know, that like or that might keep someone at a job that they don't like, so to speak. Yeah, I agree. I I think culture is so important, and uh, you know, if you're not working at building a positive culture, you're still going to have a culture, but it may not be one that you're happy about or or right. proud of. So right. we, we really work at it and, you know, we're working to build a culture that we're proud of. Amazing. So before we get into realty executives, before we sort of jump into 2005, what, you know, while, you know, at any point in time, when did you start participating in or investing in real estate or, or when did real estate sort of hit your um, radar as an interest? Well, when I was with the logistics company, as we were growing, we were uh, building out larger office space, you know, to, to handle the hundred person team. And there was a builder that was working for the property owner to do all the build outs and and his name was Joe Paolini. And so Joe and I would sit down and he'd say, okay, you know, how do you want to build out this office space where are the conference rooms, the offices, the kitchen, you know, all of that. And uh, I loved working with him. And I said, Joe, you're amazing. You, you know, you always call me back. You always come in on time and you always come in on budget. So if you ever have a real estate opportunity where, you know, you're looking for an investor or a financial partner, I would love to get involved. And uh, this is in the late 90s uh, before I started Realty Executives. But uh, Joe came to me with a couple of opportunities. He had um, 12 lots in Hopkinton. And he said, Alan, I, I would like to build uh, one house, one, you know, significant custom home every three months. And he did that. He, um, he built out four per year for three years and it was successful. Uh, and I said, Joe, you know, let's look for the next opportunity once that was complete. And so um, we did a, a series of smaller projects. And then uh, in the early 2000s, he came to me with an opportunity up in Maine. And it was a tree farm nursery, beautiful virgin land on Route 1 in a, a, little, a little town called Arundel, which is uh, between Kennebunk and Biddeford. And he was attracted to the commercial land on Route 1, but there were, you know, a couple of hundred acres behind. And we thought, well, what about, um, what about an RV park? Mm -hmm. um, that changed to, instead of an RV park, what about 
cottages, like little Nantucket style cottages, 900 to 1400 square feet. And uh, so that became a, a very significant project and it was virgin land. So we had to go through the entire approval process, which is lengthy and, you know, all sorts of city and uh, town state boards, but we, we got it approved for 260 cottages. Um, How long did that process take? Uh, well, we actually started building in 2016. And right now we have about 215 sold, mm-hmm. uh, roughly 185 closed, and then um, purchase and sale contracts and reservations that are moving to purchase, purchase and sale, you know, brings it to 215 uh, out of 260. So hopefully another couple of years, uh, but it's, it's a beautiful project. Joe is, it's like a master craftsman. Um, we say that was, that was his canvas, you know, all that acreage was his right. canvas and the hardscape and the, the landscape and the, the uh, craftsmanship in the cottages uh, just blew me away. Unfortunately, Joe passed uh, about a year ago, uh, but to his tribute, he built an incredible team and speaking about culture, an incredible culture. So his team has been able to carry on and execute, uh, done a fabulous job. Well, and, and I have, you know, I've seen the website and I, it really is gorgeous. And for our listeners, we'll actually in the show notes, both for the podcast and YouTube, I'll put the uh, website in there in case anyone's interested in learning more about that project. Uh, you know, it really is gorgeous and the location's amazing too. You know, it's not too far outside of Massachusetts, maybe what an hour and a half or so. And uh, it's great. It really is great. Yeah, so um, so that's that's really how I got started in investing in real estate, and then you probably want me to frame up how I got involved in realty executives. That's right. right? <laughs> so uh, around two thousand five, I uh, the culture had changed so much at the logistics company that I knew I needed a change. And I had a very good friend, have a very good friend, uh, Rob Daly. And we would ski together and, and on the rides up and on the chairlift, the ride back, we'd be talking about, you know, different, different things, but business would come up and culture. And he was always fascinated. How do you build a positive culture like that where you get, you know, a hundred people to, to buy in. And we would have long conversations about that. And at one point he said, well, if you're seriously thinking about leaving the logistics company, would you be interested in building a real estate brokerage that has a similar culture to what you've been talking about? Um, it's really focused on 
supporting the realtor as the CEO of their own business. And he said, I've, you know, I've been doing real estate for over 20 years and it's my own business, but I would like to plug into a brokerage platform where I have support services in marketing and transaction management and, you know, the business services. And I said, Rob, that's, that's right up my alley. I would love to talk about that. I'm already doing real estate investing. So why not jump into real estate with both feet? And he had a, a few other people that were, they were interested in that type of a uh, business model. Uh, one of them was Kathy Foran, um, one of the uh, one of the top Framingham realtors over the last uh, couple of decades. And uh, so we sat down and we talked about it. You know, what would it look like? What would the culture be? What type of services would we want? Who would our ideal realtor be? And then we started to look at, you know, different franchises or do we do an independent business model? Um, And when I first met with the folks from Realty Executives, I felt like, wow, this is coming back to my logistics roots, you know, culturally and that entrepreneurial feel and they were saying, what can we do for you to help you grow your brokerage in your region? What support, what services, what resources do you need from us? And then that's exactly what I say to our realtors. Uh, you know, right. Dave, what resources, support, you know, so services, software, what do you need to run the most effective business for you? And so there was a real alignment there. And in 2005, we bought the franchise rights for half a dozen towns in Metro West. Awesome. Wow. So um, again, this is what I do as a podcast host. I bring us forward and I rewind us back and then we, then we go forward again. Um, without naming any other companies, you know, what were some of the sort of aspects or or things you learned, you know, from other real estate companies that sort of turned you off from them saying, yeah, like this isn't a good fit. I mean, we know what made realty executives a good fit, but what were some of the red flags maybe you heard in, in some of the other meetings and discussions that you had? Um, I think there were a few that really stood out. Uh, One thing was, we wanted to be very focused on realtor marketing, like not the corporate brand marketing. Um, I never had a real estate license. um, So I've never been a licensed agent, but what we wanted to make sure of is that if you get a listing that it's Dave Menapace on the sign. It does have to say Realty Executives, but it's your personal website. It's your phone number. It's your email address. We want any buyer interest 
in that listing to go through you because who knows the most about that property? You do. As the listing realtor, you're intimately involved with it. A lot of the other brokerage models, um, not all, but a lot of them, they want the corporate name out front. They want the corporate you know, office phone number, email address. And then as buyer leads come in or buyer inquiries, they package those and sell them as corporate leads to other agents in the brokerage and you know, get uh, an additional fee. We, we didn't wanna do that. Um, we wanted to help you, you know, build your business with buyer leads on your listings. So that was big. We, we never had uh, uptime, which is where you have uh, an agent in the office you know, for a designated period of time and any calls that come in from prospective clients, um, you know, that agent would try to uh, nurture and capture right. that client lead. Um, our philosophy was let that lead come through, you know, not through the office, but through to you as the listing realtor. So that was a big difference. Yeah. Then um, most of the uh, large brokerages, they have a fairly significant franchise fee or corporate fee can be called different things, but it, it's usually about 6% of any commission income. And it's, um, it comes from their agent's commission Right. And realty executives doesn't have that. So we don't have a, um, you know, a 6% corporate fee or franchise fee. And we don't, we don't charge our realtors, you know, anything like that. Right. Um, we do pay realty executives for being part of their franchise, but we pay it out of uh, the company commission. So what, that was another big difference. What was that learning process like, you know, launching a company? I know you probably had Rob sort of there with you and probably tapped in, into people like Kathy and, and some other folks, but that must've been just a big learning process too, of learning all the different intricacies of these different companies being somewhat net new to it, huh? Yeah, definitely. When when you change industries altogether, right? I mean, going from logistics to real estate, it's a whole different language, whole different, um, you know, learning curve. Um, I did have quite a bit of, you know, business experience, communication, negotiation. Uh, I mentioned, you know, working with leadership dynamics. I, I had a lot of leadership training. So there were uh, significant transferable skills. And then uh, Rob was instrumental, you know, being our, our broker manager, um, helping to give me, you know, a framework of the intricacies of, you know, the, the transaction side of the business and things, you know, detailed things like procuring cause and 
realtor code of ethics and things like that, I was able to learn primarily through Rob. Right, right. Well, that's that's really neat. And so when you launched Realty Executives, because we have several offices, did you start with one main office and then over the years kind of grow and expand the office space? Or um, did you kind of always know where you wanted to have a, a home location, so to speak? Well, good question, Dave. When we first started, we knew that we wanted to carve out a pretty good territory in Metro West. And so we purchased the franchise rights for Framingham, Natick, Holliston, Hopkinton, Ashland, and Southboro. And what that meant was that no other um, franchise owner could open up a realty executive's office in that area. But we knew that we had to grow into it. It wasn't going to be, you know, flipping a switch and having offices in all those towns. We started in Framingham. Uh, that's where uh, Kathy and, and Rob, um, kind of their, you know, their key base. And shortly after that, we opened in Southboro. And then um, about 10 years ago, we opened up in Holliston. Um, and then shortly after that, Natick. And then about oh, three and a half years ago, we opened in Wellesley. Mm -hmm. um, we did close the Southboro office right before COVID. It didn't have anything to do with the pandemic. Uh, it's just that for whatever reason, the, the agents that were affiliated with us in the Southboro office, they really worked from home and um, hardly anybody was coming into the office. So we ended up closing that. So right now we've got the four offices. Right, right. What have, um, what have been, you know, some of your favorite yeah, lack of a better way of putting it. What have been some of your favorite things about being in your role and, you know, over the last, I guess it would be almost 20 years, almost 18 years now, uh, seeing realty executives grow and develop and working with different agents and all sorts of things. What have been some of your favorite moments or, you know, favorite things about the job? Yeah. Thanks for asking that question, Dave. Um, we started with the end in mind. So in 2005, you know, we we're sitting in a conference room and brainstorming, what would we want this to look like, you know, five or 10 years down the road? And who would, who would our ideal realtor client look like? What would some of their attributes be? Um, what kind of volume would we be doing? And I, it's really gratifying to think that when I rewind in my mind back to 2005, and then I fast forward to 2023, we're, we're pretty much where we hope to be 17 years ago. You know, we've got, 
some very solid realtors that are the CEO of their own business. Uh, they're all realtors. They, uh, they abide by the realtor code of ethics. They, they have great reputations in their community. They're very focused on serving their client, um, clients relationally, not transactionally. So transactionally would be, hey, I'm going to lead you through to a successful closing. You're going to get the keys. I'm going to get a commission check. We'll shake hands. See you later. Working relationally is more, you know, like what, what you're doing, Dave, you want to be the trusted realtor for life, you right. know, for, for the right people that, that match up with you in your network. And um, so that's been very gratifying to see that we have a, a whole bunch of relational realtors, not transactional um, the, the sales volume has been great. Um, even though the transaction count has dipped a little bit in the last, you know, 12 months or so, um, the, uh, the price appreciation has made up for that. Right. Um, yeah, so we're, we're looking to grow, but it's not about the number of people. It's more about the caliber of people and are they the right cultural fit and can we support them as the CEO of their own business? Well, and I think that, you know, that tracks, you know, everything that you just said were, you know, my observations and my, you know, what I learned through talking with other realtors that are here uh, before I, join the firm, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, right when you, you pass that exam, you do, you get, you get flooded with phone calls of, uh, to join, you know, different real, real estate brokerages, you get flooded with mailers to join. And, and it was interesting, you know, I, I was with another firm before, not for very long, and I hadn't done any transactions yet. Um, I was very, very early on, um, but I had interviewed at maybe three or four. And what I learned was that there's a lot of brokerages that I almost, they're kind of like Amazon, right? They're, they, they sort of stay afloat based on the volume of agents or realtors that they have at their brokerages and they are accounting for a large chunk of those first year folks to not be there in one or two years, which, you know, I think the, I think what's the stat, like 90% of folks that try to go full-time usually don't end up really getting past a year is, is what I at least heard when I was getting my license. Um, and so I was doing fine. You know, I wasn't even ready to do a transaction yet. But I knew that all the best agents locally, the ones that I looked up to, the ones that I had known for a long time in my life, they were all here at Realty Executives Boston West. And what I sort of recognized, especially when you and me and our, our um, 
marketing director, Erica, spoke was that I wanted to put myself in an environment where I wasn't alongside a bunch of other freshmen that were making all the same mistakes. Sure, you can learn together, but I wanted to be in an environment where I knew people were doing it right every time, doing everything right from building their relationships with their clients to how they presented themselves when I would see them at, you know, the local coffee shop or restaurants when I'd run into them, um, how they just sort of conducted themselves on day to day, right? Because these are the people that are being trusted with one and $2 million transactions. And I really admired that. And, you know, for me, I felt like the only way I was going to be able to achieve my goals was to be in an environment where the best, the best were playing. And I was okay with, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, you know, being the the third string quarterback, if I could be around the first string, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, you know, that was really what stuck out to me was just the quality of people that were here and that all that essentially confirmed it when you and I got to speak for the first time. Yeah, that's, that's very intentional, Dave. Um, you know, we, um, we have tremendous respect for anybody who, who has a dream to be a, a licensed agent and, you know, takes the class and graduates but you have to know what you're really good at. Um, and we felt that we weren't good at taking that, uh, that freshman agent and providing real estate 101, you know, to help get them launched. We felt we were much better at uh, taking someone with, with experience uh, that wanted to take their business to the next level, you know, just pouring our, our support and our resources into, into that established agent. Um, but once in a while, we've had a great success story, you know, where we, we get somebody that doesn't have a lot of experience like you, but they have tremendous motivation. They're willing to learn like right out of the gate you were willing to take the Brian Buffini um, hundred days to greatness class, you know? Um, so sometimes people have found us that are recently licensed, but we don't, uh, you know, we're not sending out the, the flyers and the mailers um, attracting them. You, you just have to know uh, what you're not good at so you can more clearly define what you want to be great at. Right. And, and that Buffini class and for our listeners, I'm actually going to post in the show notes, a link to that hundred days to greatness class, because, uh, what the class does is it talks, uh, it teaches you how to build really a trusted referral based, uh, um, type of business, like getting your leads from, from people within your sphere, within your circle, and then nurturing that and supporting those relationships. And that hundred days to greatness, in my opinion, is critical. If you want to be an agent the way we are here at Realty Executives, but it's also very helpful 
for other businesses. Like I, I think it's, it's critical as a real estate agent or realtor salesperson, but it is, in my opinion, very, very helpful for really and like the, the application of what you learn there, it, it can be applied to any other type of business. And that's something that I saw in that co-hosting business for short-term rental, something we won't get into, don't have time to get a jump into today, but it's replicatable. And I really, really like that. And I think a lot of our listeners would benefit from it as well. So with that, you know, we're kind of coming towards the, the end of our time here. And, and actually I will say too, one of the things that was really awesome was how um, realty executives covered the, the cost of that class for me as well. And I just, I thought that was really neat. And it also showed the investment that you make in the realtors that are here as well. And we had a whole bunch of people, people that were very experienced going back and taking it. And I just think it's, it's an amazing course and it's an amazing way to go about being in this business. Yeah, and that it reinforces our culture. Um, both Erica and myself are certified mentors in the Brian Buffini courses. So we love, you know, putting together a group of six or eight, 10 uh, of our realtors, you know, who we refer to as executives, and then learning together. You know, you're learning, you're learning something from Brian. Um, you're learning from the people that you're in the class with, and then Erica and I get a chance to provide some mentoring and coaching in that environment as well. So it's really a, a healthy course to take, foundational for a successful real estate business. That's amazing. So with that, as we start to uh, wrap this up here, um, do you have any final thoughts for any of our listeners or, you know, maybe we even have some listeners here that, that are, um, experienced realtors and they, they do live local here in Massachusetts. Um, maybe they want to get in touch with you or they want to learn more about the company. Um, is there any, you know, way or contact information or website or something you'd be comfortable sharing with for folks to get a hold of you if they're interested in in learning more? Yeah, um, absolutely. I'll be happy to give you my cell phone number if you like, Dave. Should I sure? Yeah, uh, you can you can say it here and then I'll I'll post it to the show notes as well. Yeah, it's 508-272-8700. And, you know, even if you're not interested in realty executives, but you just want some coaching advice or you want to use me as a sounding board, um, I, I welcome those types of calls. I'm always looking to network with other real estate professionals in our neck of the woods. Um, so feel free. And my uh, email address is Alan, A-L-A-N. Marks, M-A-R-K-S, at realtyexecutives.com. Happy to help in any way. Awesome. And he means that. I can, I can attest to that. So, <laughs> oh, well, this was really fun, Alan. I really, really appreciate having you on. This was actually on, you, you've been one of those people that I've wanted to have on for 
probably a good six or seven months. I, I've had your name like on the to reach out to whiteboard for a while. So um really happy that you joined us. This was really fun. Um yeah, maybe one day we'll we'll have you back on and we'll talk about state of the market or different things like that a little bit in the future. But for now, thank you so much for joining us. And for all of our listeners, all of uh, Alan's contact information will be in the show notes. We'll have some of those websites uh, that we spoke about in the show notes as well. And don't hesitate to reach out to Alan. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy being with you, Dave, and with your listeners. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by the Five Star Co-host, an Airbnb management and consulting company that helps homeowners turn their properties into passive income streams through short-term rentals. Do you want to turn your vacation house into a passive income stream? Then look no further. The Five Star Co-host has served over a thousand guests in several Airbnb properties and in varying markets. The STR Co-host or the Five Star Co-host is at the vanguard of the short-term rental industry by leveraging technology systems to maximize the guest experience while achieving high revenue for owners. Get a free home analysis by emailing the five star co-host at gmail.com. That's the five star co-host at gmail.com. T-H-E-F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R-C-O-H-O-S-T at gmail.com.